Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, is worthy of a lifetime of study and consideration. It is perhaps one of the most marvelous portions in all of Scripture. Marvelous because it unveils Christ to us in so many aspects. Verse 1 shows him as the word the very Son of God in eternity past. And at the end of the chapter, verse 51, we see him revealed not just as the Son of God, but as the Son of Man for God's building, for God's habitation in eternity future. And in between these two bookends, we see him in glory as the only begotten Son full of grace and reality, even as the very fullness of God, declaring him and making him known in a wonderful and experiential way. Bill Lawson has joined us. It's good to have you here again. Yeah, it's good to be back again. It's been a while since I've been here. And, uh, Chris, it's worth a lifetime of study, this Gospel of John. I think you were there back in uh, Washington, D.C. in March of 1975. We were there, you know, sitting under Brother Lee's feet when he gave 30 messages on these 21 uh, chapters of the Gospel of John, and it was unforgettable. Yeah, uh, those messages uh, remain with us. I know certainly they do to me, and I know in you, Bill. Uh, they're foundational, I think, to our enjoyment and our understanding and our realization of this wonderful Christ. And um, those were uh, there was a special anointing. I think it's fair to say there was a special mm-hmm. anointing on his speaking at that time. It translates, I think, into the written messages, but I think it'll surely be appreciated by our listeners in that way as they listen to the short excerpts that we play of uh, Witness Lee speaking. So we have a treat before us, don't we? Right. Chris, I think it's interesting for the radio listeners to know that in 1963, way back before 75, uh, Brother Lee uh, ministered in, in this United States on the Gospel of John. So this was this was his second time that he ministered on the Gospel of John. Of course, it got richer and richer as his ministry developed. Bill, as we start out today, let's just uh, review a little bit. In the last few messages, we've seen that the first 13 verses really focus on uh, Christ as we see him in verse 1, the eternal Word of God, the eternal Son of God. Uh, now we have a kind of a pivot point here in verse 14, which I'd like to read. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and reality. This matter of the Word becoming flesh, theologically we've deemed the incarnation, is really a turning point in the gospel, isn't it? Right. This, of course, verse is one of the uh, sterling verses, or the one of the most key verses in the gospel of John, because it unveils clearly that the very God became a man incarnated in the man Jesus. So it's a very, very important 
verse. It's pivotal to to understanding right. of the entire 21 chapters of John. So we need to get into this and see it. Of course, uh, most of the translations translate this word tabernacle as dwell. Right, dwell. But the, the Greek word is right from the tabernacle in Greek. So it it's a clear reference back to the tabernacle of the Old Testament in right. Exodus, which was God's dwelling place on earth with man. That's and, of right. course, Christ fulfills that in right. that type in reality, doesn't he? That's right. Uh, just as much as uh, the tabernacle was God coming to man, God being brought to man, so the Lord Jesus in incarnation, he now is the very God being brought to man mm. as, the, as the reality of the type in Exodus. All right, Bill, let's join Witness Lee, then we'll come back and fellowship a little bit more about this. John chapter 1, first of all, tells us that Christ as the Word, which was God himself, came as life to us, and as light shining within us for the purpose to bring forth many children of God, that God may have the enlargement, that God may have a corporate expression. This is revealed in the first 13 verses of chapter 1. Now, we have the second section of chapter 1 that is composed with verses 14 through 18. In this section, it unfolds to us that the very Christ, now he was incarnated in the flesh. For what? For us to enjoy him. How Christ could be enjoyed by us? By being incarnate. Christ was the Word, yet even he himself as the Word was mysterious. But he became flesh. He became incarnate. You see, now in the flesh, he became so real to us. He was intangible. He was invisible. He was not touchable. He was not seen. But by becoming flesh, he became so solid, so real, seen, visible, touchable, Tangible, but just being tangible still is not good for us to enjoy him. But here it says, when he became flesh, he was full of not doctrines, not gifts. He was full of grace and reality. Every disciple saw him, and everyone touched him. Not only touched him, enjoyed him. If you check with Peter, if you check with Mary, why they loved Jesus that much, why they lacked to be in his presence, they would say, we cannot tell you why, but we can tell you as long as we stay with him. There is a kind of enjoyment. No word 
can utter it, but we all can testify just to sit in His presence for half an hour. My, oh, the sinness, oh, the enjoyment, oh, the reality. We don't know how to explain. We don't know how to define. But we do know we have enjoyed something. What was that? That was full of grace and reality. You know, Bill, this is wonderful uh, unveiling, opening up of of this portion of the word. On the one hand. Uh, Christ as the Word in eternity, uh, it was you know somewhat abstract, right? Not tangible, not able to really be apprehended and laid hold of. Now he's revealing God, you know, as the one who embodies God. And on the one hand, there's there's a kind of an awesomeness to that realization that must have been for the disciples that here's one who is actually making God known. But the characteristic you find when you read these chapters and read these accounts of the disciples lingering with him, or as John did as a young man, mm. laying his head on Jesus' breast, or Mary, you know, at his feet and weeping, they were caught with the person, uh, and you can tell they were in a and they were transfixed, not just by the fact this was God, but there was something so enjoyable here, wasn't there? Right. This is marvelous. Uh, I'm thinking, Chris, of uh, Timothy, where Paul writes to Timothy that the very God dwelt in unapproachable light. And yeah. when you, you look at the verse, you say, well, there's no way we can even come close to God. He's awesome. He's vast. He's almighty. He's powerful. We can have nothing to do with him. We're the fallen sinners, you know, millions of miles away. But but the <laughs> Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And it says, full of grace and reality. He didn't come to the disciples there, you know, in Matthew 3 there by the seashore and yeah. told Peter and condemning Peter and judging Peter and you're just this and that. But he came full of grace. So now he's God is touchable. He's tangible. He's real. He's solid. Uh, the word, of course, is God defined, God explained, God expressed. But unless you were in his presence, you didn't know what that was. So that's why the disciples loved to be with him all the time, just to be with him, eat with him, travel with him, walk with him, even though they were many times, you know, rebuked by him, you know, exposed, uh, exposed <laughs> to, to, to the uttermost by him. Still, there was a characteristic, Chris, in him that it, it's hard to define, and the, the New Testament uses the word grace. You yeah. just want to be with him. He loved you. He cared for you. He was full of the divine attributes, full of human virtues. You just wanted to be with him. That's grace. All that Christ was, all that he had, all that he did, his coming to us, his working in us, his doing things for us, working through us, everything is just grace. So he just, just by being with those disciples, they got to know the very God as a God of grace. Wow. It's marvelous. It is. Two verses later, we'll come to in this portion now, of his fullness we have received and grace upon grace. So the grace is even multiplied, Bill. Here's Witness Lee with our next portion. When he was in the flesh, he was a tabernacle of God among men. Here, we must remember the history. You know, in the history, in the Old Testament, there was on the earth 
among the human beings a tabernacle. And in that tabernacle, God was there. Where the tabernacle was, God was there. Now, the real tabernacle became Jesus. Jesus in the flesh was the real tabernacle. And the tabernacle in the Old Testament time was just a type, was a shadow, was a prefigure of the real tabernacle, which now is Christ himself in the flesh. It was the tabernacle that brought God to the children of Israel. Now, it was Jesus in the flesh that brought God to men, for men to enjoy God's presence. When he was in the flesh at the tabernacle of God among men, he was with God embodied in him. Whatever God is, whatever God has, all you know is embodied in Jesus. For what purpose? For the purpose that we, the sinful man, may participate in God in Christ. In other words, God embodied himself in Christ for our enjoyment. Let's come back to the tabernacle for a moment. In the Old Testament time, uh, the tabernacle made it possible for God to actually take up residence amidst or in the midst of among his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a very uh, uh, a superficial kind of type, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. There's a reality to the tabernacle that we see in John 1 that uh, I think, you know, even today, it's easy for us as believers to confine so-called God's habitation to not maybe a canvas tent or a tent of animal skins, but the brick and mortar on the corner, Mm -hmm. uh, the so-called church building. But we need to be brought into the reality of what the tabernacle is, don't we? Right, Chris. The the tabernacle there as a a type in in Exodus, really, of course, you have the glory there. You have God, you know, in a sense, embodied there. Now, for the first time, God is dwelling among his people, the nation of Israel, but only in shadow, only in type. When uh, John, of course, uh, receiving the revelation, you know, being with a Jewish background, realized, you know, that the tabernacle through revelation that, wow, this, this very one that came to us when we were, you know, fishing on the Galilee and <laughs> mending nets in the Galilee, this was God's tabernacle that was, you know, that was there existing thousands of years earlier there in Exodus. This is the real tabernacle, and this very one had all the characteristics and all the expressions and all the riches of that shadow. So you have this man, Jesus, as the physical embodiment of God, as God's tabernacle. Now God is dwelling in a person. He's not just in a physical tent. He's dwelling in this marvelous person, and he's not just there. He's there in his fullness and his riches. So he's embodied there, not just for the fact of just being concrete and real, right. but he's embodied, as Brother Lee said. So now we can we sinful people that had nothing to do with God, we can enjoy him in his embodiment. And then, of course, that leads to riches, and that leads to this matter of fullness. He used the word that, that man, even sinful man, uh, obviously, in the redemption of Christ, can participate in mm-hmm. God. 
this thought is one that has been, uh, you know, developed many times in this ministry, but I, I, it struck me again today. Right. It's not just the objective tabernacle, oh, look, there's the tabernacle of God, mm-hmm. but his presence as God's dwelling place, full of grace and reality, gives us all the potential to participate in God. Right. The, of course, the tabernacle is enterable. You can get into it. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing when the Lord Jesus came in, in his embodiment, eventually, right, through resurrection, becoming the life-giving spirit. We can enter into this tabernacle and begin to enjoy all the riches that are involved with this embodied God. Um, a verse that corresponds with this, uh, uh, of course, is in Colossians when Paul wrote, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Once we enter into this tabernacle mm-hmm. of God, all the riches are there, aren't they, available? That's right. Everything, all that he is, all that he has, all that he has done, all that he has attained, all that he has obtained, everything is is here in this embodied God. And it's interesting, John uses the word fullness. Of course, we know the riches are the, in a sense, the itemized yeah. aspects of all that he is. But when you enjoy all those itemized aspects, then you are filled with him and you become his fullness, which you must might say is the overflowing of the riches. That means you enjoy this Christ, this embodied God, so much that you overflow with him, and that becomes an expression that others can see. We're going to talk about this matter of fullness in this last section. Let me read John 1.18. Uh, we've been talking about this, uh, but let's read the verse. No one has ever seen God, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him, and the way that he declared him was by becoming the fullness of God, mm-hmm. this overflowing of God to all those around him. No wonder they wanted to be with him, Bill. Right. <laughs> all right, here's Witness Lee once more. Here in this chapter, verse 16 tells us that of his fullness, we all have received and grace upon grace. The fullness of the Godhead, of whatever God is, dwells in this Jesus bodily for our enjoyment. Either with grace or with reality, we all have to know there is no limit. Always there is the fullness. You enjoy anything with everything, there is a limit. But you enjoy God as grace, as reality. There's no limit. The more you enjoy, the more you know is unlimited. Day by day, the grace could never be exhausted by your enjoyment. And day by day, the reality of God could never be exhausted by your experience. The more you experience, the more it is. All the day, it increases according to your capacity of experience. Your capacity of experience is the measure of the fullness of Godhead. How full is God to you? It depends upon your capacity. If your capacity is just like a little cup, eight ounces, God's fullness is just that much to you. If you would enlarge your capacity from eight ounces to 800 gallons, again, (laughs) the fullness of God will fill up you to the brain. 
if you would enlarge your capacity to an eternal ocean, God still would fill you up to the brain. The enjoyment of God is unlimited. It all depends upon your capacity. Uh, Bill, this touches uh, uh, something very challenging to us. You know, uh, I think we've all heard various ones or preachers who give their kind of idea about what uh, eternity will be like or is heaven, as they like to call it. And I've heard some say, oh, I'll spend 10,000 years going to the finest art galleries. Another one I heard wants to be playing golf for those 10,000 years. The problem there, and this is not in any way a criticism, it's just, it's just a, an observation. If we have only enjoyed Christ to a limited extent, then our capacity for enjoying him is, is limited. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to envision, you know, that we would just could enjoy him for eternity within that little narrow band. Mm-hmm. But really, as we give ourselves to enter into the riches and enjoy this grace upon grace, the capacity is ever enlarging. And we find that his fullness is ever more able to fill the capacity, isn't it? That's right. Uh, Chris, this this matter of this, it's a striking word that Brother Lee talks here about, the enlargement of our capacity. I think it's very compelling and very touching because we're all just satisfied with just a little bit that we have. We think we enjoy the Lord a little bit, and then that's it, and then we'll just wait till the Lord Jesus comes back, and then somehow we'll be catapulted into this exponential enjoyment or something in eternity. But no, it, it all depends on how much we enjoy Christ today as grace and realize him as reality. If our capacity is small now, we just need to look to the Lord to enlarge that capacity. Right. Until it gets larger and larger, because for eternity, it will get larger and larger. Uh, There's a couple hymns, uh, Chris, that we enjoy in the hymn book that I've enjoyed recently. And one of them says in stanza three, His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And another hymn says, O Christ, he is the fountain, the deep, sweet well of life. It's living streams I've tasted, which save from grief and strife, and to an ocean fullness. So here the hymn goes from the fountain to the well to the streams to the the fullness of an ocean. It's really good. (laughs) And to an ocean fullness his mercy doth expand. His grace is all-sufficient, as by his wisdom planned. Wow. That is tremendous, Bill. Um, We limit the Lord by virtue of our own sort of shriveled capacity. (laughs) He's so willing to meet us. If we would be willing to go further with him, Mm -hmm. uh, we will find him immeasurably willing and even eager to continue to reveal himself more and more, overflowing, more than we can imagine, more than we can possibly comprehend, even for right. eternity. And also here, Chris, in these verses, you have this matter of the uh, the bosom of the Father. The Lord mentions yeah, right. about the bosom of the Father. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, this indicates the more we enjoy the Lord Jesus in incarnation, the embodied one is grace and reality, this will eventually bring us into the bosom of the Father, because even the Lord today, he was, he is, and he will be for eternity in the bosom of the Father. That means when you enjoy Christ in a deep way uh, as a grace and reality, he brings you into the Father to enjoy love and light. Wow. You know, one time I remember Brother Lee gave a message. He talks about grace and reality, and he also talked about love and light. And yeah. He used the illustration of a pencil. I can never forget. He says, okay, a pencil has two ends. It has the eraser and has the lead. Well, he says, if the, on the bottom of the pencil, you enjoy it. You enjoy him, in a sense, as grace and reality. But if you continue to enjoy this in such a way, then that will lead you to the top of the pencil, which is love and light. So he said the source of grace is love, and the source of reality is light. And love and light are in the Father, and the grace and reality are in Christ the Son, which is marvelous. So the more we enjoy him as grace and reality, we enjoy him as grace, we realize him as reality, then that brings us into the very heart Uh, the bosom of the Father where we enjoy God as love and and God as light. Tremendous. Bill, unfortunately, we're out of time. I I hope that uh, we have, at least in a small way, uh, introduced our listeners uh, to an aspect of grace perhaps that we hadn't considered before. I was brought into that realm today afresh, and I certainly am grateful for it. Always good to have you back and invite you to come again whenever you're able. Very good to be here. Let us just give you quickly our contact information. If you'd like to call us toll-free, it is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can find us on the Internet, on the web, at just lsm.org. And there's a vast array of resources there available that you can enjoy. The recovery version, the live studies, the audio messages of past radio programs. So please just help yourself and browse to your heart's content. That's it for today. For Bill Lawson, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.